So welcome to another episode of Beyond Fintech. Today I am delighted to have my friend Scarlett Sieber uh, with me. Actually, last time we saw each other was another Money 2020 episode 18 months ago, the last one, really. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on board today. Um, to start with, like, can you give us a bit uh, background about uh, yourself and most importantly, your new mandate at Money 2020? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, I've been so inspired and excited by how you've continued to grow and get more and more exposure because you have an incredible mind and now the world is getting more and more access to it. So I'm happy to be here, always happy to be here. Um, so short version of background is entrepreneur, not in fintech, turned banker, but always on the innovation digital side turned consultant and now in my current role as Chief Strategy and Growth Officer at Money 2020. I am very comfortable with the brand. I have been in Money 2020. I, I've, I've been involved with every capacity of Money 2020. <laughs> I've been an attendee, I've been a sponsor, I've been a speaker, I've been a track chair, and then back at the time that you were referencing in 2019, I, uh, Money 2020 was a client of mine and I ran the main stage for Vegas and helped with some strategy for our president, Tracy Davies. And now I'm back here in this capacity in full time and I'm delighted to be here. I, I'm such a big fan of the brand and I think that we have so much more that we can do. And I'm looking at how to extend and expand our reach, our breadth and our depth and got a lot coming. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of work, but you have also already done a lot since you have arrived. So No work. It's, I, I, sleep, <laughs> I sleep 10 hours a day. There's nothing going on in my life. <laughs> but listen, I, I would rather have this um then be bored i'm never yeah. bored and every single day because my job is is thinking but interacting with our ecosystem globally and all of the new entrants into our ecosystem so it's a super fun job i have to say like those three days have just been amazing like i it's the first event in 18 months uh for for the fintech industry i think everybody was waiting for it to just do business obviously, but also see their, their mates and be able to, um, yeah, to, to live again. And I think it has been like a, a real um, great uh, moment to, to spend together. Lots of business have, uh, have been done. And for me, it's like, I think it's my favorite money 2020 ever. So um, it has awesome. been amazing. You also have the best booth ever though. <laughs> yes. um, you get to overlook the hive stage. So you've got, you got to see me from afar. Um, Hearing you all day. <laughs> I know it's just like you're admitting you're like they're scarlet no um but that's that's awesome and that's you know it was a there was a period of time where we did not know if this was going to come through so the team you know i only got here in, in may but the team has worked so long and so hard for these 18 months and to finally be able to deliver that vision is is awesome for them and you can feel the energy i mean everyone's so happy to be here um so that's, yeah. it's awesome can you tell us a bit about actually the what has been the key themes of, of, uh, of this year, like what the editorial team wanted to achieve with the event. So the content team in Europe is awesome. They, all of our content teams are awesome, but we're talking <laughs> about the Europe show, of course. Uh, they really think outside of the box and that's such a silly, like calm, calm, like common thing to say, but they really do. So off season, they spend time researching the ecosystem and asking so they take a bunch of data points and say what is it that you guys want what is it that you're excited about you know this that and the other and then they come up with a vision so this year's theme is all about asking questions versus 
telling you things. So the who, the what, the why. Um, and that's reflected in every session that we have. And when we were talking about, because usually we'll have a, a host, or I said it to you before I was a track chair, so I'd be introducing things. Uh, what we decided to do was, the, and, and Sophie, our event director, also Sophie, um, came up with this thing, which I thought was brilliant, is to have them, so especially on the other stages, to tell the story of why, uh, why that session came to, par, uh, came to be. So that's, that's really the, the idea behind it. So it's like, what are, the, what are the key themes and trends, but thought of from a new angle that is meant to be provocative, but also to start conversations versus being talked to? It's like, how do we get this into a discussion? No, it's, uh, I think it has anyway like been a great outcome and uh, I, I guess you have already great feedback about those sessions. Got a lot of good feedback. That's good to hear. Now it couldn't be a Beyond Fintech episode without talking about embedded finance. <laughs> right. And it has also been a, like a big theme of, uh, of this year, I believe. Um, my question to you would be like out of the discussions that you have heard, uh, like the events, what do you think will be the key use case in embedded finance for consumers in the next few years? There are so many. I, I couldn't just say one. Um, you know, one of the things, as, as we've talked about now, I, I have only been here for a few months, but one of the things that was really imperative to me when I looked at the content and the agenda that we had across both shows is how are we showcasing brands? So if you, if you look at the agenda and you've seen them, you've heard them here, You've got Spotify, you've got Netflix, you've got McLaren talking about their card, you've got LVMH and how they have 80 separate, I forget the beautiful word that Arnaud says, you will know it, it's like luxury brands. Anyways, they have, they have and not all more luxury, but they have 80 brands um, and he's head of payments for that. Uh, there are so, you had just eat takeaway here. So to me, the most interesting use cases that relate to embedded finance are Anything where you're talking about entering the movement of money in a seamless, effortless way that people don't have to think about it. And you and I talk about this all the time. It's like the future is making people feel safer, more confident with their money, but then also focusing on how people, it's all about feeling and experience. And we talk about experience a lot, but it's for me, it's about the feeling. It's like, how do you feel confident and secure, but also you focus on what it is that you want, whether it be food that day, whether you're ordering, you know, takeout or whether it be buying your next new big purchase, a TV, a couch or whatever. So that's, to me, that's what I think about when I think about embedded finance. Yeah, and it totally makes sense. And like, there is like this takeout perspective, but also even paying your restaurants, right? So like, um, that's, the, that's the full journey. Um, another key, uh, of course, highlights of the year has been some fundraising that you have announced at Money 2020. I'm thinking about the True Layer one, for example. Yes. Overall, over the past uh, 18 months, we have seen lots of fundraising in the fintech industry, right? Europe, US. What do you think are, is, will be the long-term long impact of those massive fundraisers? So first of all, it's interesting that you brought True Layer up. I had a full hour with Francesco. Um, I have been a fan for Trulayer for some time, but had never got to have that intimate time with him. And he's incredible, so humble, has such a big vision. And just hearing his evolution of how him and Lucas started and where they are now is, was awesome. So like you said, the amount of money and that's common to our, we've been hot for a while, let's be honest, FinTech is the thing, but like one in every $5 or euros goes into FinTech. Um, 
like you said, that's been accelerated because of COVID. So the long-term impact, I think, is, is a few things. I, I don't think we are by any means in a, a blip or a bubble. I think this is going to continue because back to the question before on embedded finance, these industries are going to continue to collide. And so money isn't going away. The movement yeah. of money isn't going away. Um, what I hope, though, that the more and more money that comes into our space will allow for is like the hard thing about our industry is it's highly right it's important but it's highly regulated and so therefore it takes more capital in many cases than other industries which means that there are some kick butt companies who have not gotten to the scale that they could have because the amount of money that's required because we're like we're like dragging rocks up the hill here so you need some you let's let's you know buy a a bulldozer to help move it up quicker you know so i think for me when i when i think about how this money will help it's investing in the businesses that are really fundamentally changing there's a lot of great stuff on the b2c side there's a lot of um high level kind of like layers on top of things but it's getting to the infrastructure stuff that I, that's what I'm most excited about. And then also just from a, a personal perspective, I hope that with the amount of cash that's coming in, that that means supporting more women and uh, minority founders as well, because there's actually a lot more than people think and they're doing some really freaking cool stuff. Yeah. So like, I think it's a sweet transition to, to my next question because it's essentially those massive fundraising, essentially what you're saying, are supporting like the future of fintech, right? Now you have released a new white paper about the future of fintech. Can you give us a bit of a highlight or sneak peek into it? Yes. Yeah, so, so Money2020 has been around for 10 years now. Uh, our editor-in-chief is a gentleman by the name of Sanji Kalita, aka what I call him, the professor. He's so freaking smart and he thinks about things in such a different way so this was his this was his brainchild i had a very very small piece in it i do not take any credit i came at the 11th hour and was like change a to the you know (laughs) something like that right so i I gave a little bit but really we've we've been at the center of these conversations for so long that it's kind of like we have we have the right to make predictions for the future based off of yeah the conversations that are happening on our stages and the conversations that are happening behind closed doors, we know where the industry is going. So we have five, we call it the, the building blocks of FinTech 2.0. FinTech 2.0, there was a lot of conversations around, well, FinTech, it's, are we in FinTech 6.0? All of that is a different conversation for us. It was like where we were versus where we are now. FinTech 1.0 being in response to the last crisis. And we believe that the question before about COVID really is that next evolution. So we got five building blocks. First one is A, all about assets, central bank digital currencies, lots of predictions there. You've got banking infrastructure. You know how passionate I am about that subject. So we're talking about that. We're talking about connected experiences, connected commerce, data. How often have we been talking about data in this industry? But it's moving from data to good data. Like what data are we actually using? Uh, If I have to hear the word data one more time, I don't even know, but it's central to all the things that we do. And then of course, ecosystem, which is of course, there's been predictions around every company will be a fintech company. What do we say about that? So our, our thing is more about three of the top 10 biggest companies in the world will be fintech or have a fintech component to them. So that's I like that. <laughs> I'm pretty much in line with it, actually, as you know. 
Good. And last question. Um, well, when we walk through the hall, we see quite a lot of big brands in fintech. I just would like quick advice for smaller startups how they can get involved uh, at Money20, get the most of it to actually like succeed in their uh, commercial objectives. It's a great question. Uh, it's something that is actually, it's one of the things we've done a lot and I will definitely share about that, but it's one of the things that keeps me up is how we can, because my job is to think about where we're going in the future and startups are the lifeblood of where we're going to go and continue to grow. Um, so we do, you know, we do things like offer discounted pricing for them to make sure that they have access to the same thing that everyone else has. We have in the U.S. we have Money Pitch, which is our startup competition, where we offer them the ability to go pitch on. We, we're doing a whole thing across our social channels on LinkedIn Live. It's kind of cool because you actually get to see the judges deliberate, like because most of that stuff happens behind closed doors, That's so they actually cool. get to hear what's happening. And then we have the big, big final on the main stage in Vegas, which is our flagship show, which is pretty spectacular. But we are building out much more, looking at our shows next year, about offering more things for startups. And you probably remember this, Soph, but when I uh, was at BBVA, I actually ran Open Talent, which was BBVA's fintech competition. Well, my year, we turned it into a fintech competition because I was actually a finalist when I was at my startup. And... Um, one of the things, so I spent so much time trying to make it like the best thing ever and brought super, super senior executives from BBVA to come meet with the startups, which of course they wanted. But when I actually, this is like one of those things you always have to remain humble and not think you know what's best. Because when I went and asked them, they didn't ask for those people. They wanted to meet compliance, risk, legal, and all. And what makes sense, because what is the yeah. hardest thing to do to get into a bank? Those areas. So anyways... The way that I'm thinking about the future is taking those conversations I've learned, by the way, we've changed, so I gotta go back and ask people again what it is that they want and make sure that we offer that to them when they're here. So outside of the great business that's gonna get done, everyone who's everyone is here and that's what's always been so special about us is the scale and quality of people, but then where is the education, where is the learning and making sure that we are giving them what they need when they need it and helping to elevate their voices through things like money pitch and beyond. Yeah, totally, uh, totally makes sense. To wrap up, can you tell us the next stops for Money 2020? There is Las Vegas, there is Europe, is there anything else? Vegas is, um, I cannot believe it. What what day is today? It's the 23rd. So a <laughs> month, almost exactly a month, the 24th of October is Vegas. Um, and then again, we come back to Europe in June. So next year will be a no more normal year, more normal cycle. We are going to be having a bunch of other touch points, which uh, you can look out for and we'll also be expanding uh, beyond that as well in the future. So lots, lots of exciting stuff to come. Thank you so much, Scarlett. Thank you.